Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Bogdan Georgia Apatri's latest film, Miracle, is divided into two chapters. One has to do with a young and beautiful novice, a nun in training, who is sneaking away from an isolated convent. Her motivations for leaving the convent are a mystery, which allows the film to build up this degree of tension as to what she is doing and why. The second half of the film has to do with the uh, investigation by Marius Pedra, who played by Emmanuel Parvu, who plays an inspector retracing Christina's steps in the days after her departure. The film Miracle is part investigation, gripping police thriller, and the other part of it is a devastating social commentary. It's beautifully done, the acting is superb, and we're fortunate to have with us today the director as well as the writer of Miracle, and that would be Bagdan Georgia Aprati. Bagdan, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Tell me a little bit about this, the origin of the story. There is, there's a lot here. It feels like there's a lot of backstory. What inspired you? Um, a lot of things inspired me, of course, but I would say that this was the fastest. I, I didn't make you know, 20 films to compare them <laughs> within each other, but the, the, out of the three films I made so far, this was by far the fastest uh, process. Uh, from, I, from original idea, and I really mean the spark of the original idea to shooting, it was less than a year, which is almost unprecedented in general. Mm-hmm. I got the idea almost fully formed. The, the, the story is divided into chapters, as you said. First is about the nun, second is about the policeman. And the idea came to me while I was drinking a coffee in an airport, literally, fully formed with, without all the details. But it came to me, my God, it would be a great story to have two chapters. I'm following a woman first and I'm following a man trying to so- solve a case. And then as the film progresses, you realize there's more than just an artificial divide between the two chapters. So it came to me like this. I put it on a piece of paper. That was, I I kept the photo of that uh, napkin uh, in case I lost it. So I know that it was August 31st, 2018. And by by December of that year, I was already casting the film, which was in- incredible. And this has something to do with what we talked a little bit before starting the interview, the fact that I shot this movie and the previous movie at the same time, because in a way, one movie helped the other. So I was prepping the other movie for two to three years before. So in a way, Miracle piggybacked on the other movie, Unidentified. Uh, I should say that the two movies are two, the first two chapters or the first two installments of a trilogy that I'm making in Northern Romania, where I'm from. So the stories are not uh, connected uh, directly. So you can you, you can watch Unidentified, the first movie, and understand everything without seeing Miracle and vice versa. You can watch Miracle and lose nothing. But it's the same world. It's the small town where I grew up in Romania. It's the larger cast of characters where principal characters in one film become secondary characters in the other. And I'm writing currently the third movie, which will be set, shot by itself. But uh, going back to that, the fact that I shot them at the same time definitely sped up the process tremendously. So it was incredibly less than a year from end of principal photography and going back to, to the first spark of an idea. That process that you're describing 
sounds more literary than cinematic. I, I imagine there have been other filmmakers who have made films in a similar vein, maybe more autobiographical in nature, going back to their their childhood or their young adulthood. But this one, this feels more like a like a something out of a novel or not or a series of novels. It is interesting that you say that, and you, as a filmmaker, you have to be really careful with that. But it's true because reading Balzac, for example, I came up with this idea where he has a series of books, uh, La Comédie Humaine, where same thing happens. The novels themselves are standalone uh, stories, but the characters uh, sort of maybe a, a main character in one novel suddenly goes in the background in one or two scenes or three scenes. And so I was trying to do that. But once you start shooting, you have to realize you're making cinema. You're not uh, making literature. So I'm very, very, and as a filmmaker in general, very careful that I structure my stories so they wouldn't make sense necessarily outside of cinema. So for example, Miracle, if I were to write it as a novel, I don't think it would make sense. I'm deeply invested in... Uh, if I can, in my small way, of course, so not in a big egotistic way, but if I can push a little bit the medium of cinema, if I know that this story has to organically work in the medium of, of cinema, then I think I have a good story. So I'm always very careful not, not to rely too much on performances. We talked a little bit about the performances being strong, and I think they are, but the movie doesn't rely just on the performance doesn't rely just on the literally quality of the script let's say it's a it's a mix of things the connections between the scenes the structure the shots the long shots i think makes this movie cinematic in a way that wouldn't work in any other form i'm trying i'm not saying i'm succeeding but when i whenever i make a movie i'm trying very much to have a, a deeply cinematic approach to to anything i do I completely agree on that. I in just I was speaking more in terms of the story and the and the background for the story. I agree. I agree. You're, you're absolutely right. It's very cinematic. We want to get into that in just a minute. Uh, and throughout the film, there's a thread of a strong sense of morality, uh, right and wrong. So I would say I hate to use the word religion, yes. spirituality. I'm not exactly sure where what I'm trying exactly pinpoint it but the film has a very strong moral core to it yeah and also deals with truth i think yeah something that actually comes uh, it's hard to believe but i was a lawyer for one year 22 years ago right the last year before i uh, left romania to come and live in the u.s uh, i came two weeks before 9 11 by the way so it's 21 years this summer or this fall um, and um, I was a criminal defense attorney for one year, knowing that I would jettison that part of my life and become a filmmaker. I knew since I was uh, maybe 14, 15, I'm going to be a filmmaker. I didn't want to go to film school at 18. I was too young. It's a long story. I we won't go into that. But being a lawyer and defending all these terrible people, actually, made me reflect a lot retroactively especially i didn't like that year i hate it actually i could say i didn't like i wanted to be in film school i wanted to make movies i didn't want to be in courthouses but uh, retroactively i realized how much it helped me write movies because you have to get into the skin of every character you are required not to judge them there's never a bad character a good character everyone has different shades it's three-dimensional so that's that part of, I think, being a lawyer trained me to, to think because you're defending somebody and if you think that that guy is a monster because he did X, Y, and Z, you're not going to defend him or her properly. So in, in a way, it, it helped me a lot for this movie. And also I was thinking about the nature of truth because you have so many different versions of truth. You have the moral truth, like you said. You have the, you have the legal truth. 
which is the law says this, therefore you have to do that. You have the human truth as well, the particular circumstance of that person being in that particular, uh, you know, uh, ending up doing that particular crime. The law is just one paragraph, but then you have one million people that could be uh, defined by that little paragraph. But all of that, all those circumstances have a million shades of gray. So, um, so yeah, truth, faith as well. Obviously, I was I was trying to to, to deal with that. Less religion, because a lot of people in Romania as well said, oh, this movie talks about religion in Romania, the Orthodox, but not at all for me. For me, it's about the human nature. It's about the choices we make. It's about what would you do when, when you're under pressure, as we see at the end of the movie. So I think your choice, spirituality, is definitely more astute than religion. And the way that the film is laid out, I think it's fair to say there's kind of a demarcation in the story. There's the before and after this particular event. Yeah. But it's both sides of the story, both ends of the story are told in a way that they're laid out very methodically. Yeah. Which I wonder if that's some of the attorney lawyer training and you being able to make sure that you've dotted every I along the way and crossed every T. It's interesting because um, I, it could be subconsciously, of course, without realizing, because who you are defines you as a filmmaker. You're first a human being and then you're a filmmaker. So, you know, uh, it's not the what you learn in film school. What makes you a filmmaker is how you live every day. So um, they definitely might have a, an influence that I don't. But I was trying more to go moment by moment as okay. in life. So moment by, because we live moment by moment. So to me, writing this, I was thinking, okay, well, this this hour the, the two stories by the way as you know and the viewers will know um, the first part takes part only in one day and the second part in another day so it's basically two 24-hour self-contained pieces almost greek tragedies in that in that respect right so a unity of time and uh, space and, and so forth so I was, okay, this hour, this happened, next hour, this happened, and then the following hour, this happened. So I was trying more to find a natural life rhythm or pattern to it and less about being methodical in a sort of um, uh, legal or, um, to be honest, also, the second part is, is an investigation, it's a police investigation. So whether you want it or not, you have to fall into that pattern of yeah. you know investigating and, like you said, crossing the, the I's and T's and things like that. But for me... You know, that's why I'm having also the long takes. The pattern, the rhythm of life for me is very, very important. And I think it gives actually attention. The whole movie has only 42 shots, but many people don't think it's there are so few because obviously there's one way of doing long takes. It's just to put the camera in a corner, not doing anything. And the actors, going back to the proscenium of silent cinema in 1901, for example, you know, or the camera can partake in the action, become a character, which is the what I chose. The, the camera also says something about what we're watching uh, in a more subliminal, more or less way. So for me, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't afraid of boring the audience. With, oh, I'm gonna have long takes, 42 takes for two hours, which is uh, rare, but uh, it's again, building tension and i think yes. it worked successful in that like you know sometimes you have six minute takes eight minute takes i have at one point a 16 minute take and nobody actually many times people don't realize it's just a one take yeah. because i wasn't 
uh, I wasn't trying to do a tour de force, as the, the French say, you know, like flex my muscles as a director, look at what I can do with the camera. I can do an amazing 60 minute. No, that's not the case. Never. If you do that, you're not a filmmaker. Um, I was trying more to find the tension, to find the essence of every moment, to find the essence of every scene. So, uh, yeah, it's a long, uh, winding answer to your question, but. Great answer, because it does pull you in. You're invested in, in each one of these scenes, the extended scenes. You, yeah. you have time to kind of take in the, the surrounding world, the dialogue, getting to see the tension, the dynamics between the characters as these scenes progress. Hats off to your cinematographer as well. It's a fantastic, it's, um, for those who know Romanian cinema, his name is Oleg Mutu, who shot four months, three weeks, two days. Uh, Pandor winner shot the death of Mr. Lazarescu, one of the first films that jump-started the, the so-called Romanian New Wave. I don't believe in the Romanian New Wave. I believe in the coincidence of several good directors working together at the same time. Uh, so Oleg Mutu, phenomenal. He's not just a good cinematographer, but his soul is the soul of an artist. And I really mean that. He just lives and breathes cinema, wakes up thinking about shots, goes to bed late thinking of shots. So... Uh, that's the secret of making a good film. Again, I could say I'm a good director, I made a good movie, but without a good crew behind you, without somebody like Oleg, for example, the movie would definitely not be as good. So we have, you have to accept that. Uh, and you have to have a talent as well as to surround yourself with a, a cast, great costume designer, great production designer, yes. great cinematographer. Otherwise, your ideas mean nothing. That's the thing about the film. Film's miracle. And um, we're talking with Adan Georgia Epetri. I want to underscore just how this is what makes beautiful cinema. For me, someone who loves film, to see all of these parts come together, because in addition to the story and the way it unfolds and the way you shot it, and, the, and again, you know, in, in terms of cinematography, it's a lyrical feel to it. And this cast is just remarkable. Let's talk about the cast. The cast is one of uh, the casting process is one of the most frightening processes for me and the most rewarding ones. Of course, I spend a lot of time, a lot of time doing casting. I, because why? why? Why do I spend so much time? Those figures, those energies, those characters are forever going to be embedded in the movie. I always think of it as a Greek uh, or a Roman inscription from 2000 years ago. Once you put an E in the rock, it's going to be there forever. Once I cast this character, or this actor, this actress in my film, I will die eventually. But luckily, the movie will survive me and my choices will remain there just like an inscription. So I'm very, very careful of casting not just good actors, but the right actors. By actors, I mean actors and actresses, of course, by performers in the film. So I'm very, very careful. Um, also, I leave myself an open, uh, an open end in a way. I don't write my characters thinking specifically of how I want them to look or feel. I leave that part open. So I'm trying to be surprised by the casting process. That's why I have long... For this movie, it was an eight-month casting process. I cast both movies, obviously, at the same time because I shot them at the same time. Right, right. I, I cast... Maybe it would have been six months instead of eight months if I only cast one movie, but uh, very, very careful. I knew both of them from before, but they didn't mean anything. If they weren't right for the part, they wouldn't be right for the part. I, I auditioned a lot of uh, actors and, uh, you know, you make like five finalists and you pair down to three, then you go to two, then and then you go for one. So it's a laborious process. 
but in the end i couldn't be happier and i remember to this day just maybe even i could say something about my past that i was uh, i teach now at columbia and i was a student at columbia university that's why i came to america in the first place in 2001 and i heard milos forman who restructured the program at columbia based on the famous famu film school in prague uh, so me being from Eastern Europe, I felt like home, and now I feel like home also teaching there because it's very Eastern European in its, in its structure. It's a great school. And Miller Forman said, if you cast the movie right, and I'll never forget this, maybe first week, first week at school in 2001, if you cast the movie right, you won't even have to talk on the set. You just go a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, a little bit louder, a little bit, you know, very little nudging, basically. If you cast the movie wrong, then you're going to talk a lot with the actors and the result is still not going to be good so i somehow that line stuck with me all the time so i'm very very careful and indeed you know so sometimes actors come at me and they say well you didn't say anything after this i said yeah i know we'll just do it once do it differently do it because something you something is right there you just need to do four or five takes until you catch a spark like a lightning in the bottle that's what you do with every take one take is good but it feels technical another take is great but it's not a technically there's a mistake and then suddenly take five take take 20 sometimes boom technically is perfect which is not the most important thing but then you you caught light in a bottle something energy uh, it happened for example for those of the viewers who the listeners who will see the film in the hospital scene where i want to that's a spoiler there but i did uh five takes nothing 10 takes nothing 15 takes it started to feel okay but nothing i said two more takes it was very late and then suddenly all energies and all emotions and the actors started crying and uh there was an akg machine tied to the actress uh, because of the low budget by the way we couldn't uh we couldn't uh, put a green screen on it and put the graphics later so it was an actual akg machine as a there's a very interesting story it's proof that acting works by the way um, and suddenly the AKG machine started going crazy because yeah. the pulse of the actress yes. jumped from 70 in the beginning of the take to 163 at the end of the take, even though she was in a hospital, not moving an inch, not moving an inch. But the emotion, the storm inside her acting, pretending, was yes. so strong that her pulse without moving a single muscle, went from 70 to 163. And the machine went crazy. Beep, 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 started beeping. And that was proof that good acting exists. Truthfulness exists. An actor can create an emotion out of nothing. It was, it was almost a scientific um, proof that um, you know, truthfulness can exist in, in performing. So that, That's an amazing story. What a wonderful story that is about actors. They're not just vessels to be to be moved around like chess pieces, they bring an artistry to what they do and the ability to be able to do that is amazing. And you as a director need to give them time. Time is more important than anything else. And of course, time is related to money. So sometimes you don't have enough money. That means you don't have enough time. But we had time to do 20, 21, 22, I think, takes. But time was so important because, you know, that's why also, by the way, I make movies in Romania. Here, everything is very militarized in America. Boom, boom, boom. You have to do 20... You know, 20 days, you have to shoot a script of 130 pages or so. You're just, it becomes just a matter of shooting, not how to shoot. And in Romania, I have way more time. Everybody's more relaxed. So we can spend an entire day on that scene or half a day on that scene and say, okay, we have time, guys. Let's do two more takes, three more takes. Relax. Nothing's going to happen. We'll come back tomorrow if this doesn't, doesn't pan out today. So it's a much 
much more artistic way of looking at making movies, rewarding way. And from a technical point of view, I imagine in the the mode of the more American way of t- making a film, you get into you're really more and more reliant on your editing process if you're not exactly getting what you want. Where in your film, it feels like you had a lot of options given the 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 length of the takes, where to cut, how to cut, how to how to bring the next scene into it, and imagine that was a, sort of complemented that ability to do that. Whereas and then being have being able to have a, a wonderful cast. I mean, all the way through, everyone in the cast is terrific. Uh, Yuana uh, Bugarin is just wonderful in that not only not only does she physically embody this innocence, this sort of purity, maybe. Thank you, thank you. The purity of her, even though she's not completely naive to the world, she understands the possibilities of good and and evil. Um, still, nonetheless, she carries with her this bearing that you just want her to you want her to be okay, whatever it is that at the beginning of the film, you don't know exactly what's going on, but you're hoping it'll work out. She just that, that kind of a persona and that bearing in the film. And I think uh, she had a, a hard part because she barely had any lines of dialogue. It was a running joke on the set, by the way. Every morning I asked her, did you learn your lines? But sometimes there were days in a row where she didn't have any line. And yeah. that paradoxically enough is way harder for an actor yeah. to do because you don't want to indicate with your face. You don't want to do too much. But at the same time, you have to have an interior life that gets through to the audience, yeah. through the screen. So yeah. that's a very delicate balance. There's just a couple of looks at some of the other novices in the convent. But it's what you just described is exactly what she pulls off in this film. And again, I want to let people know that Miracle is being released here in the United States through Film Movement, a terrific distribution company here in Los Angeles. It'll be at the Lemley Royal um, on, starting on June 10th uh, in New York at the Film Forum, fantastic uh, venue, and on June 3rd. And be looking for it. You can go to the Film Movement uh, website. So go to filmmovement.com backslash miracle, and it'll pop up on screen for you and you'll be able to find out more about it. My congratulations to you. I am really looking forward uh, to the other part of this, uh, uh, unidentified as part of this uh, trilogy. And it looks like there's more to come. And I'm so appreciative of your time. Thank you so much. I'm appreciative that you invited me and I really enjoyed the conversation. Very Thank much. you. Again, the film is called Miracle and we've been speaking with Bogdan Georgia up a tree. Pleasure, Mike. Me too. I really appreciate it as well. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 